Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Daniel chapter 1, we're going to be in verses 1 through 21. Daniel chapter 1, 1 through 21. It says, During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Joachim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. He said, make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin, compared to the other youths your age, I am afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. I want to stop there today, and I want to talk about the subject under God, under God. We say, growing up in school, you know, I'm sure up to this point, they still do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. We used to do it all the time. And we all understand that the key component of the Pledge of Allegiance says under God. But it wasn't always like that. I believe it was in 19, 
If I'm wrong, you can correct me online. 1952-54, one of those. That's when they, they put in under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. And um, that is where we continue to sit under. You have to understand something. America was founded on the premise that faith in God is what was going to lead us forward. We were started because of God. We were started because, man, we understood when we started this nation that this nation cannot move forward and cannot conquer without God. Without God. You know, hundreds of years later, and now we are in this battle with culture. We're in this battle with culture. We're battle with men. You know, coming against what God has already established in his word. And I'm not here to preach a political message or try to get you to be a Democrat or Republican. That's not my, my intention, nor do I care what side you lean on. What I do care about is this, is that if you're going to live a life that is fruitful, it can only be done under God. Under the authority of God in your life. Because the moment you become the final authority, the moment you live a life that says, oh, I'm going to do what I want, how I want it, what I think I want, I'm going to be me and do me, then you become your own God. And you fall on your own words. God never created us to be independent of him. In fact, we were created to be under him. God created man and woman to have dominion in the earth, to be blessed, to be fruitful, and to multiply All of that under the authority of God. If you see throughout history in the Bible, every time man stepped away from the authority of God, man was cursed. War happened, famine happened, sickness happened, problems began to happen. Every single time people decided to step away from under the authority of God. And we see in this story, in the book of Daniel, that the Israelites had been defeated by Babylon and they were captives in a nation that wasn't theirs, in a place that they did not belong to, in a culture that was not theirs. And this Babylonian spirit begins to take over. Notice what the king wanted to do, King Nebuchadnezzar. He says, I want them to know our teachings and eat our foods. I want them to be trained in our ways. Doesn't it sound kind of like culture today? We want you to think in the way we think you want to think. We we want you to think. We want you to live in the way we say we're going to live. And we are battling culture, this, this idol of culture. You have to understand something. Idol is anything that has your devotion over God. That is an idol. Whatever gets your resources, your attention, your heart, your mind, that is an idol over God. If you are trying to say, Pastor, and you make an excuse with anything else before God, just, and you try to justify that, that is your idol. And so many times, church, what we do is we live a life serving idols and we don't even realize it anymore. We make decisions based on the idol. We act out based on the idol. Our families live a certain way based on the idol. My money goes that way because based on the idol. 
And before you know it, we don't even realize anymore that, man, that has become my God instead of God becoming the, God, the king of kings and lords of lords. And so the Bible says that Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Mishka, and Amenigo, were taken in. The Bible says they, they were good-looking men. They were very smart. And the cultures began to change their name. And there's, in history, you have to understand something. There's, in history, there, there are theologians that believe that not only did they strip them of their name, they became eunuchs. They stripped them over other things so that they could not reproduce. Because that's what a Babylonian spirit does. It strips you. It dominates you. It tries to rip out your identity to where you are somebody that God never created you to be. And although America looks like Babylonia in some way, I'm here to let you know that God's not done with America yet. God will bless this land and we will see his goodness and we will see a rise and the devil will lose over this nation and our kids will not suffer. So I say this with an encouragement and I want to talk about Daniel today because Daniel made a decision. The Bible says that he was determined not to defile the Lord in eating the food. He was determined not to feed on the things that everybody else was feeding on. Daniel was like, basically, hey, you can take my name. You can strip me of organs. You can do all those things. You can castrate me. But one thing I will not do, I will not defy the Lord. Because in their culture in that time, for the Jewish people, they couldn't eat certain things. They couldn't participate in certain things. And Daniel said, you can do all these things, but you're not, I'm, that's, I, this is where I draw the line. The Bible, there's another version that says that he purposed in his heart. Church, if you are going to want to experience a new thing in God, and if you want to see God open up the doors, and if you're going to want the favor like these guys had, and, and, and the wisdom these guys had, then it requires you to make a determination today that I'm going to make up my mind that I will not bow to anybody but God. I will not defy the Lord. I'm making up my mind today that if everybody else wants to feed on these lies and feed on these things and if culture wants, me to, wants everyone to feed in this kind of mindset, go ahead. But I've purposed him. I've determined to make sure that I honor God. That God, I'm under the Lord. I'm under God. And so we see in Daniel's life that when he decided, and the boss says he was determined, that means that nobody, he was, he was, he was going to get stubborn about this. Nobody was going to shake him. No, doesn't matter what you offer him because you have to understand something. The king's food was very good food. Imagine the best restaurants that you've ever been to for free for your life. You didn't got to pay for it. You got to worry about it. You get to eat it all you want. And even though they gave him the best of what they had, he understood that the best came from the Lord. The best came from the Lord. So many times we get confused and we think the best is what the government has to offer me. I'm not here to incite a riot against the government just to let you know, okay? I don't want people marching out here and 
going to the courthouses. And what I'm saying is this, is that so many times, if we're not careful, we'll make government or any kind of thing that provides stuff for your life as God for us. And the Babylonian spirit is just that. Look to me for everything. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted them so trained into them. He wanted to instill it so deep that King Nebuchadnezzar was the one that would give them everything. He wanted there to be, I'm the one that, I'm your source. I'm your provider. I'm the one that, he wanted that kind of culture that looked to man to be the source of their life. But Daniel was different. Daniel purpose in his heart. He made a mental note. He was determined, church. If you, if you really want to experience freedom, be determined not to defile yourself unto the Lord. Then you'll find freedom. Because the moment you begin to defile the Lord and make decisions based on everything else is the moment you find yourself as a captive. Is the moment you lose out on what God has. Is the moment where struggle happens. Have you ever noticed when you, when you were struggling, it was the moment that you were farthest from the Lord? Your worst times that you could think of in your mind happened. Why? When you started making little decisions to keep away from what God had for your life. Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. It's the little things. But Daniel was committed to the Lord. And there was three things that we can learn from this story. Number one is this. Is that we must seek God's help. We must seek God's help. Daniel was able to be Daniel not we like Daniel because of the lion's den. That's a famous story that everybody loves, that the lion's den, he was, you know, he was able to sleep in there and the, he, he, they were going to kill him. And no, Daniel's story, Daniel's not Daniel because of the lion's den. Daniel was Daniel because of this moment when he determined from the very beginning that he would not defile the Lord. And watch how God takes care of him. But he could only do all of these things with God's help and God's help alone. Because without God, any effort that comes from you is going to fail. Without God, you can do everything. You can put as much money towards this. You can put as much strength, as much wisdom that you think you have. But anything without God will fall. It will fall. But God seeks to help people that are committed to him. When you are committed to God, God will be able to help you. When you determine in your mind that God, I'm staying committed to you, despite everything else, you will see the hand of God at work. I'm telling you, these next six months or now, you know, five months and we're in July, These next couple of months can be the greatest months of your life, but you have to be committed to God. They will be the greatest. I'm telling you. 
I have no doubt. Come hell, come high water, come the mountaintop or the valley, that if you stay committed, the hand of God will work in your life. Daniel realized that his relationship with God wasn't just going to be about food, but his relationship with God touched every area of of his life. But church, we must seek God's help. In fact, the Bible says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. They can put that up there. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9 says this. It says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And then he goes on to say, what fool have you been from now on that you will be at war? This was a time when people began to get away from their commitment to God and war came upon them. I tell you, I told you. Every time in the Bible, somebody gets under the authority of God, war happens. Problems happen. Issues that shouldn't be there happen. But before that, the Bible says, he will strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Whose hearts are fully committed to him. When you're committed to God, church, you'll make the little things a big deal. A big deal. The little things. Remember I said it's the little things that spoil the foxes? The, the little foxes that spoil the vine? You make the little things because the, we, we are naturally inclined to make, say, sentences and, and statements like this. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's, 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 it's like a little thing. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. And what happens is when you begin to make those decisions based on, oh, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's not that big of a deal. It's, it's, when you start talking like that, what happens is it starts small but ends up big in someone's life. It started small in that moment. You thought, oh, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. It's not going to hurt me. Or I'm upset, so I'm going to go this direction. It's, it's okay. I'm only going for tonight. But then it starts off one way but ends up big in people's lives. But if you, when you are committed, if you can get to a place where you make a big deal over small things. Because Daniel made a big deal out of food. He didn't have to. He could have been like, hey, I'm captured. I love God. But, I mean, this is all, this is all I got. This is all they're going to give me. He could have talked like that and lived like that and, and operated that way. But he made a big deal out of it out of food what are the little things in your life that you've been kind of putting under the rug that you're you have to come to and you're realizing now man you know what i think i need to cut this now because it's going to get bad in the future i I need to cut this out now before it gets worse i need to cut it i need to stop garden of eden a small little fruit ruined the whole world it's just a fruit take a bite ruin the whole world church if we're going to live under god we need to seek god's help and god is available for your help the bible says he is an ever-present help in our life in other words he's not hard to find and he's open to listen that's the kind of god we serve And if we can seek God's help and God's wisdom, when we are faced with culture and we're faced with problems, he is ready and willing and able to give you the wisdom that you need 
to overcome whatever's coming against you. He's willing and able, church. God will not leave you alone to suffer. God will not leave you alone to die in your decisions. No, no, no. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the same God that will lift you out of the pits. He's the same God that spits the Red Sea. He's the same God that moves mountains. He's the same God. He does not change. He does not change. So don't allow the enemy to change you and change your view of God and think that God used to be like that and God used to work like that. No, no, God still does that today. He's still that God. But seek God's help. God is the reason behind all of that we just read. Because when, when he got rejected, the Bible says that he first gets rejected. The, the main guy says, no, Daniel, I can't. I, I like you, man. You're awesome. You're a great guy. But I can't just give you vegetables because if the king finds out, they're going to cut my head off. They're going to behead me. Starts off like that. But Daniel, I love Daniel because Daniel doesn't just seek God's help in this moment and, re- and, and experience God's help. He is persistent about it. He's persistent. It's not just me seeking God's help. If I want to live under God and I want to live in freedom, I got to be persistent about it. I can't take no for an answer the first time. Some of you are married here in this room because you didn't take no the first time. And some of you need to take no this time. That's for another sermon. But he was persistent. He was like, all right, you're going you're gonna to tell me no? Cool. I'm going to go to this guy. And then this guy, he's like, hey, look, I... I Test me in this. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm telling you right now. I'm not gonna eat their food. Just give me vegetables and water, and test me on it. We have to be church. You have to understand that we got to be persistent with our freedom. In other words, we have to continue to make sure that as I'm going towards freedom and as I'm living in freedom, that I stay free. That I continue. I'm not going to take no. I'm not going to give up on the first try. Because let's say, some, let's say you try something and it doesn't work out. It's not for you to give up the first try. Well, God, I, I did this and they said no. Try again. God, we tried this and, and it didn't work. Do not allow failures to dictate what God will do in your life. Don't allow the fact that, man, we tried and it just didn't work. And you just throw in the towel the first time. Imagine the businesses that you enjoy today. Microsoft, Apple. When they all started in their garages and things like that, imagine if they would have given up the first time. Or like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, with Will Smith, The Pursuit of Happiness. Imagine he would have just given up the first time. Every single time. These, these movies and stories, and I'm sure there's people that you know 
people were persistent enough to see it through. Don't give up so easily. So we're, we, we've, I don't know what's gone on, but we are the t- we've grown to be people that give up way too easy. We, we throw in the towel way too easy. Pastor Sam, we tried, and it just, try again. Pray again. Believe again. Start it again. Be persistent. The Bible says, Jesus said in the Bible, he said, seek, knock, and the door will be open. It says seek, it means continue to. He uses this example in the Gospels of the persistent widow who is going to the judge, and the judge would reject him, reject him, reject her, until finally the judge was like, you know what, I've had it. This lady has been annoying me, and I'm just going to give it to her because I can't stand it anymore. And he uses that analogy, not because God's like that, like, oh my gosh, John has been bothering me for the past several, several months, and I can't take it. I'm just going to give him what he wants. No, the analogy is that continue to seek the Lord, and God will reward your seeking. Continue to believe that God can, and God will honor your faith. But there has to be a persistence. Daniel was persistent. He didn't take no. He tells the the other guy, hey, look, this guy doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to and and all these things. But I really need to. And it could have been a challenge for his life. It could have been a, he could have looked at that as a challenge. And he could have looked at that as, as a, a defeat for him. But he said, no, there has, there is another way. There has to be another way. Uh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth always says this, and I wrote it down. And I, cause I was remembering it the other day. He says, do not make mistake a challenge for a defeat. Do not mistake a challenge for a defeat. Because so many times when we, when we look at challenges, we think they're defeats. And it's only a challenge that needs to come down. It's only a challenge. But when you've purposed in your heart who you're serving, and when you've purposed in your heart how you're going to live, it doesn't matter what's standing in front of you. It doesn't matter that there's a giant. The giant has to fall because I've already decided in my heart. It doesn't matter that there's, there's armies. God said, you promised me that there's milk and honey, so I'm going to go and get it. It does not matter what's happening in your life. Once you've purposed in your heart and you, you've aligned yourself with the word of God and you stand on what God's already said, it doesn't matter because it belongs to you. So you have to go and you have to take it. The Bible says he was so persistent and so the guy says, fine, I'll test you on it. I'll, I'll take you on that challenge. Because I don't want you pale and skinny because if you're pale and skinny, it's going to let the king know that you're not eating. Because they wanted them to be, I guess, just looking healthy. And for 10 days, the Bible says that they ate vegetables and water. And they looked healthier than all the other guys that had the best food that you could ever get. Because when you are persistent and when you decide to honor the Lord and you've determined that is what happens God will bring favor where there was no favor before think about it biologically for 10 days just vegetables and water you're supposed to lose some sort of weight 
You're not supposed to look as good as everybody else. But because God was honoring what man's obedience, God made a way for him where there was no way. And God brought favor over their life. And I'm here to let you know, follow the Lord, honor God, and watch God make you stand up upon everybody else. Watch God's favor upon your life. And when people want to know, it's because you are committed to God. When people ask you, how are you doing so well in this economy? How is your family so good? Why aren't you divorced? Why aren't they? It's because of God. I decided a long time that I'm going to obey God. And God has honored me for my obedience. Obedience, church, is the gateway to your blessing. It's obedience to God. It's obedience. Through obedience, you get favor from the Lord. Through obedience, the open doors come. It's through obedience, church. I don't know how many times I've seen the hand of God work in my life because of obedience, church. These last couple of months, there are so many testimonies that we've been getting from people that decided to obey God and God responded to their obedience. That's why I say it all the time. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not saying something that's fake. I'm not just saying something to get, make you feel good. And, and no, no, it's not hype. It's what the word of God has promised his people. But if I want consistent freedom, I got to be persistent about it. I got to be persistent about seeking God. I got to be persistent in my obedience to God. I got to be persistent in cutting out. So we're, how is it that we're so good at being persistent at other things, but when it comes to God, it's almost like a struggle. Like, man, you got to drag me through this. If you can flip the script, starting today, I've been saying it, I said it in the kingdom, man, I keep saying it now. Watch God these next couple months do a new thing in your life. And I want you to write it down. Decide today to obey God. Decide to determine in your heart to honor the Lord and be under his authority. And watch God do something new. Watch God answer you in a way that you thought he would never answer you in. Watch God provide for you in a way that you thought he would have never provided. Watch God do it. This is a guarantee If I was a betting man, because I'm not, I would bet a lot of money on it. Watch God. Last thing is this. Be willing to test your faith. Be willing to test your faith. What I mean is this. Put your faith on the line. Like Daniel. See, church, God often invites us to try his way before another. God will often get you to a place, and he will put you in a position to try him and what he can do. Daniel was willing to put his, test, his faith to the test. He told them, test me for 10 days, test me. Try me. Try this. Test me. 
When you have faith in the Lord, you have to have the kind of faith that says, test me. Trust me. Where you are so sure in the Lord, whether it's 10, 21 days, whatever it is, that you are so sure in the Lord. I'm not saying that that also I got to test God all the time. No, no. Put your faith to the test. We read this verse all the time in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And we usually, whether it's Pastor Alex or somebody else, uses this verse. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open up the windows of heaven to you, for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Put me to the test. That's just one example. God's saying, if you give me your tithes, if you trust me with your money, if you honor me with that, because I'm going to open the windows of heaven for you. I'm going to pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. God wants his word to be real for you. God wants you to trust him. God doesn't say things just to say things. He says things because there's purpose with it. He says it because he means it. He means it. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. That he should lie. Sometimes when we use this verse, people think we're just talking about, oh, just bring it to the church. It's for us. This is about you. When you tithe, you get. It doesn't say when you tithe, Pastor Sam gets. It says when you tithe, your storehouse gets filled to where you can't take it in anymore. It has nothing to do with me, ICM. It has everything to do with God. When you put your faith in God, when you begin to trust the Lord, and put your faith to, on the line and put your faith on the test. God will supernaturally do what he has to do over your life in those situations. For them, they got supernatural favor for the king. And they were smarter than everybody else. And the king chose those men over all the magicians in the land. Supernatural favor. Church Daniel is a great example Because he was willing to demonstrate God's power to these people. He was willing to demonstrate that his God, his God, was the one true God. King Nebuchadnezzar was not their God. All their false gods and all the people, all the gods that they were trying to indoctrinate them then. Remember, they spent three years with the king close by. Imagine that. You're living there. You're with that culture. You're learning their language. They're trying to indoctrinate you about their gods, trying to get you to look to their king as your source. And in those three years, the Bible says that they gained supernatural favor. And God's power was able to be shown in those moments. By uh, Logically, Those four guys 
they were young at the time. Scholars believe they were around 15, 16 years old. Daniel and Meshach and Abednego and, and, and Shadrach. They were about 16, 15, 16 years. They were young kids. Logically, they should have been dead or cut off. We shouldn't even be reading about them. But spiritually and supernaturally, we read about them today. Being under God, there is a, a blessing being under the Lord. There's a blessing that comes with being under God. It's not just the pledge of allegiance that we, we do this. No, no, no. It is a life to live, church. It is a commitment to God. And if you can stay committed to the Lord in a chaotic culture that wants you to bow to their God and to their, their way of thinking and they want you to, they want to strip you of your identity and make you somebody that God never created you to be. They want to strip you from the, what, you're, what you're thinking, what you're processing. They want to strip you from all these things. If you can stand firm in these times, supernatural favor blessings you will not lack that's what comes with being committed to God my desire for you as we were I was praying for you this week is that the Lord would give you supernatural favor that you would be committed unto the Lord my desire is that any everybody in this room that God would bless you abundantly that that people would see the God that you serve and understand there's one true God that people would see God's hand over your life. That you wouldn't be depressed or anxious. No, no, no. That, that you would have a supernatural joy in the midst of all of this. In the midst of all this. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.